The idea was from the beginning to create a tool that uh, should make the life of uh, data designers and people who work with data a little bit easier. Data Stories is brought to you by Click. Are you missing out on meaningful relationships hidden in your data? Unlock the old story with ClickSense through personalized visualizations and dynamic dashboards, which you can download for free at click.de slash datastories. Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Data Stories. Hey Moritz. Hey Enrico, how are you? I'm good, good. Very good. Yeah, speaking from uh, warmy, warmy New York. Very weird <laughs> wind. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. I'm back in Germany. I spent a few lovely days in the Bay Area, but now yeah. I'm tired as a dog because I'm super jet lagged. But I saw that. That's the price you pay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like traveling San Francisco is always is always special, right? Yeah, I had such a good time. Such a lovely yeah. place. Yeah. <laughs> Any news? Uh, no big news, no, but uh, yeah, I spent a few days consulting in a company, met a lot of people, mm. nice. even got recognized on the street, on the street corner, <laughs> made my day. Shout out to Luke, who me. spotted me. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Like, yeah. Oh, you're I, I'm Moritz. Famous, I'm famous in San Francisco. <laughs> total total yeah. chance. Yeah. You should but start hiring guards, Moritz. Yeah, I need bodyguards and everything and a stretch limo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god okay so um before we start with the with the guests that we have today i just want to briefly thank all those of you who already signed up to our patreon crowdfunding initiative yeah we have 28 of you Ooh. of 28 patrons so yeah. thanks so 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 much uh we are not so so far from our from our goal there is still some some way to go so just as a reminder we we are trying to reach 600 uh, dollars per episode and we are at 200 so we are almost one third <laughs> and uh yeah keep going guys keep yeah. going guys i mean <laughs> what else can we say and do if you like data stories and you want us to if you want help us to go uh switch to this model um yeah go to patreon and help us moritz do you have anything to add about that no you're absolutely right <laughs> but it's great to see so many people already like joining and that's fantastic yeah Okay, so today we have uh, three people actually on the show, and we're going to talk about a very nice um, data visualization tool called RAW. And uh, we have actually three people from Italy, three Italians, which doesn't happen every every day, as you can imagine. I'm, I, I like that. So maybe we can switch to Italian for a while. <laughs> 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 so we have Giorgio Caviglia, Michele Mauri, and Giorgio Uboldi. So this time I'm, I'm actually not butchering people's names. And welcome on the show, guys. Hi, thank you. Hello. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi, all. So, so 
um, can we, can you guys uh, briefly introduce yourself so uh, our listeners know a little bit about you, what's your background and what you're doing right now, and, and then we can switch to describing raw. Thank you. Okay, so I can start. So I'm Michele, and we are all part uh, of the original raw team. And uh, I'm a designer, and currently I'm a postdoc at Politecnico di Milano. And actually, the last one still at Density Design. <laughs> and uh, I'm Giorgio Boldi, I am also uh, from Milan. And I'm, I was part of Density Design team until uh, last year when I co-founded with Matteo Azzi. That is the only original uh, co-author, I mean, the co-author that is missing uh, now and during, uh, during this, uh, this episode. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we founded a, a small uh, data uh, um, a design studio called Calibro. And we still work on uh, mostly on data-driven projects and, uh, and digital uh, projects. And uh, I'm uh, Giorgio Caviglia. I'm a designer and researcher who is passionate about products and experiences to work with data, especially data transformation and exploration. I've spent uh, several years in academia. I was a density designer, Politecnico di Milano, Uh, with the other guys. Then I moved to Stanford and now I am um, at Trifacta in San Francisco as a principal designer. Nice. So can you guys briefly describe what RAW is for those of our listeners who are not aware of it? Okay, so um, uh, Rope that is uh, first of all is an open source and free data visualization tool that you can uh, find on uh, the new uh, website that is at uh, rowgraphs.io. And uh, so the idea was from the beginning to create a tool that uh, should make the life of uh, data designers and uh, people who work with data a little bit easier. And so it was conceived as a kind of a link between spreadsheets applications, so Excel, Google Spreadsheet, and so on, and vector graphic uh, softwares like Illustrator. And since, and we always conceive it as a tool uh, from designer to designers in a way. And um, it has two main goals. One is to ex uh, give the possibility of uh, quickly explore uh, data sets in, uh, in a visual way. And the other goal is to uh, give the possibility to designers and let's say these geeks in uh, creating semi-finished uh, vector graphics uh, visualization that then can be refined, for example, in Illustrator. It's a kind of easy tool, so if you go on the website, you should be able to use it, but uh, just uh, quickly, basically, you take your data set, you copy and paste it inside RAW, you then have the possibility to choose between uh, around 20 charts. Some are common uh, charts like a scatter plot or a bar chart, others are less uh, common and a bit unusual like uh, alluvial diagrams or horizon charts that are a bit more difficult to create with other tools. And once you select your, uh, the, your, your chart, your layout, you can map the dimension of your data set through uh, to the um, visual variables of, this, uh, of the chart and instantly see the visualization. Uh, then you have, the, according, depending on the type of chart, you have the possibility to change some options. And in the, in the end, you can uh, uh, download your, uh, your visualization and then uh, go on with your project, let's say. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I have to say, I always show raw when I'm teaching because it's just such an easy way to, you just paste in your data, you 
try out a few templates and export the chart you like and you're already you know it looks pretty good already and then you can spend some time to clean it up maybe in illustrator so going to the beginning so, so why did you start the project and how did it get started is there like an origin story to the whole thing yeah sure i can talk about that um so raw was born a density design lab at the politecnico di milano and uh, density design we say played a lot with data with data visualization we experimented we pushed the boundaries a little bit tried to experiment with new layouts and uh, also we do this together sometimes with students try to teach them how to use you know the tools already there but also question sometimes the limits and the possibility uh, and also for some uh, projects we were working on so Uh, often we had the need to explore the data, to have a quick visualization and to have especially uh, visualization that are not so common. So uh, custom layouts or um, and at the same time having visualization in a vector formats that we could mm -hmm. eventually refine in Illustrator or in other tools. So. And of course, D3 was out at that time. So this is about 2012, 2013. Uh, I was doing my PhD at Density Design at that time. And um, so I used D3 a lot. And so often I had to uh, say, create some visualization for the other um, either students or people at Density. And this, of course, as you No, and you can imagine it's time consuming and also it's frustrating because the actual people that uh, want to work, they cannot, they have to pass through, you know, somebody else. So um, I, I thought, oh, maybe there is a nice way we could uh, put some sort of UI on top of D3 or in general on top of this process of uh, data exploration and visualization. That's, I, that's how I started prototyping a little bit with you know, very, very rough ways um, with JS, D3, and creating the first first version of RAW in which you could upload um, a tabular data or a copy and paste. And then uh, from there, selecting, I think in the beginning, we're very most basic, but still not so common, I would say, uh, visualization layout like tree map or um, trees. Uh, Sankey diagrams, which a density was uh, extremely popular back then. So, so yeah, so that's how it started. And then at uh, the time, I think uh, the other Georgia also came in uh, and uh, working more on the UI and then Michele and Matteo, uh, like introducing new uh, visualization layout or again, uh, creating also the community uh, gradually. So uh, the tool started to be a little bit less an internal tool and becoming more, um, say, something that we felt comfortable to, in a way, release. And um, yeah, that's how it happened. Um, I initially, yeah, was very, uh, very close as tool. So I think uh, I spent quite some time to make it, possible for people to contribute to the tool, uh, either, mm -hmm. either adding yeah. layouts or, um, data models. So, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, that's the in a nutshell. <laughs> the, yeah, the yeah, yeah, story. yeah, absolutely. No, oh, yeah, I think w- what I really like of Raw is that um, it's one of those rare instances where uh, some people develop visualization tools that actually everyone can use and no coding or very basic coding is needed. So when you look at the landscape of existing visualization tools, most of them require some some heavy coding. And I am a big, big fan of uh, visualization tools that are actually for everyone, right? I, I think there is a huge empty space, a big gap out there that, that needs to be filled. And RAW seems to me to go exactly in this direction. And uh, and it's free, by the way, right? Yes. Because <laughs> what, one, one could in principle use Tableau, but I mean, it's it's pretty expensive. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. Uh, yes, yeah, so <laughs> I think it's, um, it, it, it's a great project. Um, can you give us a little bit of details about the geeky stuff behind it, say what technology you used, maybe whether even it changed over time, um, just for those listeners who wants to hear the geeky stuff. Sure, I'm happy to. Um, so in the beginning, I think the first uh, prototype was, say, pure JS, no framework, um, was actually a bit crazy because uh, as you can imagine, there are a lot of uh, say binding and interaction between the data, the visualization, the UI. So I remember crazy, you know, events going all over the place <laughs> and to manage was crazy. So then I think at that time, Angular JS came out as a, mm-hmm. one of the more, let's say, robust framework. And uh, I started to play with that and it, yeah, it was very, worked very well. So um, of course, the main visualization part, the charts, uh, came from D3, D3JS, um, which worked in a sense as a first base, especially to have the first uh, uh, charts there. Um, then, so the idea of RAW is actually, if you, um, if you want, I think the main aspect are two parts. Uh, one is the, say, the process to transform your tabular data into something else. So if you're familiar with D3, uh, I think D3 is very powerful and, um, but it requires data in a certain shape, right? If you want to uh, work with certain layouts, like, I don't know, uh, force, uh, <laughs> force graph, you need nodes and edge and stuff. And I, and I found that's mostly actually the hard part for a lot of mm-hmm. people. It's yeah. like you have, you don't have that kind of data. Uh, so in a way, I think there is this part that if you want is like more uh, data structuring, data transformation. And, uh, the good news, I think that if you, you know, with the, the data models are not too many, or if you want with f- a few of them, you can create a very, very different uh, layout, right? So if you have, I don't know, points, if you have a network kind, or if uh, you have a tree, you can create a tree map or hierarchy or, uh, or a sign key. So there is that part that I think also it's, uh, it's probably more than the visualizations that actually are pretty, I would say, straightforward from, you know, what, D3 examples, uh, mm-hmm. or in general, how D3 was conceived. But I think that part, m- probably it's, it's, or I, I don't know, 
personally I think is is the most valuable in a sense of raw is this sort of uh, UI on top of these uh, very you know if you want complicated processes um, and annoying at the same time. So um, the the last part is the the charts uh, and the layout. And uh, actually, the way RAW works is um, we always say we use D3, which is, of course, true. And a lot of layouts come from there. But the thing uh, is that RAW potentially can accept anything. So it simply has this function in which you pass through the data. And inside that, you can do whatever you want with your DOM. It's, it, it's just to say uh, using SVG is just one option and um, so hopefully in this way it's very uh, free and open uh, I would say and that's something by design compared for example to other sort of uh, dictionary or languages I don't know I think about like Vega for example in which you need to Mm -hmm. define the visualization in a very uh, formal way which is very good I think but at the same time it can be a little bit limiting. So, mm-hmm. so in a way, each visualization is like a little plugin to that bigger framework, exactly, right? And it talks exactly, to the yeah. framework with a with a in a clear and defined way. But what happens inside doesn't really matter, right? Absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah. And so you you can write your own plugins. Do people write their own chart types? Do you know that? Is uh, like, did you get some contributions from the community, or are there maybe even companies who write their own like custom charts they they can use? What, what was the pickup there? Well, we get some contribution on this. Uh-huh. And, uh, well, actually, many people created their own charts, uh, but, uh, uh, well, mostly they drafted a visualization, so uh, the code was not good enough to include uh, in our project. Right. Yeah. And this is something that we discovered about uh, uh, open source projects, that it's not so simple, actually, to involve someone else mm-hmm. uh, to contribute in, in a good way sure. to, yeah, yeah. to your project. And uh, if, can I, if I can add something to, um, to the technological uh, choices um, sure. on RAW, uh, Giorgio spent a lot of time actually uh, trying to figure out a way to make a solution which uh, doesn't require the, a server, doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't require a server. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. actually, yeah, yeah because so we discovered that uh, it's something really valuable for people, the fact that mm-hmm. data stays on your computer yes, and absolutely. is not sent anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think that this was part of the complexity that Georgia was. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's about. a really good point. Yeah, and it's just one single long website and all the tools <laughs> and all the codes is there in one page, right? <laughs> Which is great, of course, but yeah, can make it hard to <laughs> develop also. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have some uh, limitations like that. Some of them are actually, uh, I remember one thing that we decided in the tool was to um, you know, potentially you can add a lot of, say, features and option to change the charts, but uh, we decided if you could actually do it, uh, let's say in Illustrator, you should do it in Illustrator. So we yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, changing the fonts, right? Or or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah, and one feature I really love, if I understand correctly, you can just cut some data from somewhere and paste it in the tool, right? It's one of those little, little things that make a lot of difference, right? You just yeah. cut and paste there, and it works. That's that's amazing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, can you tell us about, um, I guess you have learned something from, from the process and the project. So... Um, I think if I remember correctly, you started in 2012. So it's been a few years you've been working on that. Do you have any, do you have any major insights or lessons learned from, from, from the project that you want to share with our listeners? Well, I can start with this. Yeah. And the first thing that came in my mind is, uh, about open source projects. And as I said, it's not simple to do a good open source project <laughs> because it's, well, in my original idea, maybe quite naive, mm -hmm. is that you put your code on GitHub and then other people will write the code <laughs> no, and do the man. stuff for you. <laughs> but actually, it's really not like that. You, it it requires really a lot of effort yeah. in following the community mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, while checking uh, all the contribution and yeah. mm -hmm. decide uh, which one you want to keep and which one you have to exclude. And also following the user groups uh, because they were asking many questions from the most complex stuff uh, to the simplest one. And so this is something that I discovered that actually, uh, well, open source projects are cool, but uh, require a lot of effort. <laughs> and uh, a second thing is about visualization. And well, we discovered that it's quite difficult to formalize uh, a visualization. So, uh, I mean, the same you can create the same visualization in several different ways. And uh, this project was really interesting for us because uh, we were forced to think uh, about the essence of uh, each visualization. So also the most simple one, I don't know, a bar chart, what mm -hmm. is a bar chart? And I, I think that it was uh, really enriching this this process. So you mean that even for a simple chart, there are lots of variations and you have to decide which one yeah. to choose, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You have many variations uh, on the visual side, but also on the data structure, on the model yeah. uh, that you use. And so mm. we had to choose just one and we, have, we had to choose, uh, well, we have to identify a sort of coherent way of creating all the charts. So also find out which are the common parts, uh, which are the common features uh, shared among different kind of visualization. That was challenging. And yeah, oh yeah, a uh, third thing that uh, we discovered about this kind of project is that it's quite difficult to keep uh, everything, to keep it simple, let's say, as Giorgio was saying. And uh, at the beginning, when we discovered that, because at the beginning we, you just want to add uh, any kind of function to your software and it become a mess quite uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> quite, quite quickly. Yeah. And so we gave us uh, three rules like, so the first one is ask yourself if you can achieve that particular uh, thing with another software. <laughs> That's a really good one, yeah. Mm. If you can do it in Excel, if you can do it in uh, Illustrator, where we, well, we won't add that uh, feature. Mm -hmm. That's and smart. Yeah. also, 
we had to choose one kind of data. So we said, okay, we just use tabular data, yeah. one table, yeah. no more than one table, and we will produce just static images, no interaction. <laughs> no movies? Come on. <laughs> no movies. And it's difficult yes. actually to actually <laughs> to follow this rule because every time you try, come on, let's add a little bit of interactivity this time. Only this time. Yeah. <laughs> Only this time. Only once. No, Miguel, I mean, these are really good points and I'm actually learning myself some of these things. There is a, there is a tool that we are developing in my lab and uh, we are planning to go public some someday and i i can already see that so the, your first point is is clearly a really good one if you decide to to make a tool public you have to be ready to really work on it in terms of promotion and supporting the community and all the rest and uh, and also make it simple i mean you're i'm always always tempted to say oh but there is this other th cool thing that we could add here <laughs> right <laughs> and uh yeah yes. and then i recognize that is not a good idea right? <laughs> okay so uh, we just want to conclude by asking you what is happening next, right? So I guess you have some some plans for RAW. I saw that you've been uh, promoting it quite a while recently. So what's going to happen next? So here comes a little bit the more exciting part about the, the next steps. And um, so as you probably, the, some users of RAW noticed that we have been pretty, uh, I mean, we've, we haven't been active in the last couple of years. Because we, as we said, it was a self-initiated project, a self-side project, and we didn't have the time and the resources to uh, work on it and improve it. And what happened is that uh, some months ago, uh, an Italian company that works in the field of uh, digital communication programs and digital marketing, that is uh, called uh, Contact Lab, uh, decided to sponsor uh, Ro. Nice. And um, this was like a super good news for us because it was a, a good possibility for us to keep the project alive, but also you know, give the possibility to use more time and resources to work on the project. So what we have done basically is, uh, since in the last two years anyway, we worked a little bit on RAW on, uh, on ourselves and our spare time, we decided to uh, clean up the code a bit and releasing, uh, release uh, like a, some weeks ago a new version, the 1.2, with some new visual layouts and some new features. And um, we also decided to change uh, the, li the license of the, pro of, uh, of the code. Um, the project is still open source, clearly, but we decided to move towards um, Apache 2 license in order to make it um, simpler for, uh, for other people to reuse it in commercial solutions. And uh, then we started uh, thinking about a roadmap of uh, features and possible things that we would like to, to do. And uh, first of all, we have to update the whole technological stack. Uh, since uh, we we paused it for a while, but the world of coding and developing uh, move um, moved forward. Mm -hmm. So we have to update all the framework <laughs> and libraries. Uh, the other thing that we would like to do is to add new visual models. So from more uh, basic uh, charts like line charts or radar graphs uh, to other ones that uh, I don't know which one will be. We want to add them and uh, release them to the public. 
And then we want to try to uh, not follow one of the rules that Michele said before. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most challenging thing, actually. And uh, we are really thinking about this, is to move forward uh, just from static uh, uh, visualization outputs to something that is more uh, interactive. And this is something that, um, I mean, we are thinking about it and uh, we, have to, we have to take some time and, uh, yeah. and maybe in the next months you will see some uh, updates about that. Um, then one last thing that I think is really important and Michele said about uh, open source project is the fact that we want to engage more with, um, with users and the community. So with the new website we are launching a part that is about uh, creating tutorials and uh, easy how-to-do guides mm -hmm. for uh, users and also involve more the community in terms of um, explaining how, uh, with some case studies, how you can use RAW and hack it for your own project. Uh, another thing that we would like to do is to open uh, another section on the website that is about showcasing the best and more, more interesting projects about RAW. So we're going to... Uh, create this, somehow this call to action where people can send their work uh, or tweet it to us and uh, we're gonna display it on our website so the people that are new to the tool can uh, see the possibilities. Yeah, that's a great idea too. And you see already how much goes into managing and developing and designing and curating, you know, such a complex project. And I think it's amazing uh, what you have achieved so far already. And uh, I was really excited also to see the new release with new cool chart types with like horizon graphs and you know like yeah. all the good stuff so, um, that's amazing and to our listeners like if you're if you're not a coder but more a designer check out the tool you know you can create great looking graphs and modify them maybe later in illustrator if you're a coder you, you should also check it out <laughs> because you could maybe contribute or use it if a client for instance asks for like a very customizable thing you could take that as a starting point as well And exactly. yeah, and let's keep the ball rolling there. Um, let's keep raw running. <laughs> <laughs> Check out the project on rawgraphs.io and on the corresponding GitHub page. I guess this is where you would also start discussions or um, contribute. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. If, uh, if users or contributors want to uh, engage with us, they can uh, either use the GitHub uh, page or they can uh, uh, use also the Google group. Ah, yes, where if they have group. more, if yeah. they have questions about like how to use it or they want to have suggestions from other users. Very good. Great. Thanks so much, guys. This is amazing. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much Thank you. Thank Thank you. for the opportunity. Thank you. Very nice having you on the show. Ciao. Bye-bye. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Data Stories again. Before you leave, here are a few ways you can support the show and get in touch with us. First, we have a page on Patreon where you can contribute an amount of your choosing per episode. As you can imagine, we have some costs for running the show and we would love to make it a community-driven project. You can find the page at patreon.com slash datastories. And if you can spend a couple of minutes rating us on iTunes, that would be extremely helpful for the show. Just search us in iTunes Store or follow the link in our website. 
And we also want to give you some information on the many ways you can get news directly from us. We're of course on Twitter at twitter.com slash datastories, but we also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash datastoriespodcast and we also have a newsletter. So if you want to get news directly into your inbox, go to our homepage datastories and look for the link that you find in the footer. And finally, you can also chat directly with us and other listeners using Slack. Again, you can find a button to sign up at the bottom of our page. And we do love to get in touch with our listeners. So if you want to suggest a way to improve the show or know amazing people you want us to invite or projects you want us to talk about, let us know. That's all for now. See you next time. And thanks for listening to Data Stories. Data Stories is brought to you by Click. Are you missing out on meaningful relationships hidden in your data? Unlock the old story with ClickSense through personalized visualizations and dynamic dashboards, which you can download for free at click.de slash datastories.